Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Everyone good? How's your week been? Good week? Good week? Yeah? You're, Chelsea was right. You guys are really dressed up today. Like, this is good effort. Thank you. Yes, I look well too. That's, that's good. Oh, I've got to stretch out. <laughs> no joke. What did I do during worship? Come on. Stephen, oh, my grandfather said, don't get old. He got old. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he was just like, you know, that's it. I'm 101. <laughs> he was 101. The guy was a, he was a gun, my goodness. In our family, we've got some really old genes that have been passed down to me. <laughs> they got holes in them, the pockets are worn. No, different type of genes. And um, we've got great-grandparents that that are hit the century, did the ton. Um, Grandparents that hit the ton, and that's that's really good. But like, I I was thinking about him the other day, and um, I remember him him just saying, don't get old, you know, old age is cruel. Number one, you've watched all the shows. You've heard all the news, you've ridden through most of the things in life that people get worried about and get concerned about, and you're just going, here we go again. He was ready to go. (laughs) So this today, as Chelsea's just already said, um, I want to talk about fear, okay, because it seems to be running so rampant through our society at the moment. Um, Does anyone know why? Why there's no toilet paper? It's the corona. Yes, Mexicans had it for years, trying to export it to the rest of the world, you know, put some lemon in it, you know. is anyone, like, is there a fear about buying that beer now? Is, is it, no, people are going, no, no, it doesn't stop us. Yeah. So um, there's fear of the coronavirus. There's fear of pandemic. Pandemic. That's, is that worse than epidemic? Like epidemic means a, a, like it's something that happens, a disease that happens in a period of time. Pandemic means the disease that covers the whole world. Like it's in itself, dis-ease covers the whole world. Like it, that's enough to just go, what's going on? Like it, it, it's a very statement carries with it um, an element of fear and, a, and like a fear of the unknown. What's going to happen now? There is something in us that we're always looking for bad news. We are. We, we respond to bad news better than to good news. And at the moment, there is so much going on in, the, in social media. There's so much going on in the world at the moment that it's like, oh my goodness, who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Like, there, there's, a, there's a group that are saying, this is all a con. It's just a trial that the government's doing. So if ever, anything bad ever does happen, then they'll, we'll, we'll know that we can, we can govern it. There are people saying that at the moment. Other people are saying, this is it. We're all going to die. This is the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> in the Bible, it actually talks about, I'm jumping ahead here, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. You don't have to put it on the screen, thank you. But it, it just talks about that there were the sons of Issachar that were knowledgeable of the times and seasons, and they knew what Israel needed to do. So we are actually, that, that's a great example. Knowledgeable of the time and the seasons and know what to do. Who wants to know what to do in these times and seasons? Who wants to be knowledgeable and get a little bit of a glimpse so you can say, right, what's the next step? Everyone else is doing crazy stuff. You go looking for toilet paper, can't find it. We, Kylie said, it's all right. We can, if, 
If we run out of anything else, we'll just eat pasta. Go back to our Italian heritage. You know there's only two types of people in the world, Italians and people that want to be Italian. (laughs) Make pasta. So I said, but there's no pasta in the stores anymore. Everyone's buying out all the pasta. She goes, that's all right. We've got a pasta maker. We can make our own pasta. And I said, there's no flour. (laughs) So I rang up. I rang up her. A faithful Italian friend, I said, where do you get your, your big loads of flour from? Because I've seen them at his place. And he goes, go to Stockfeed. Stockfeed's got it on 11th Street. And I'm going, where is Stockfeed? And so I find it and I go in there and I said, hey, I heard that you guys have got flour. She goes, we did. <laughs> All we have left is bags of pizza flour. And I'm going, what's the difference? She goes, I don't know. So it's from Lorkey over in, uh, you know, in South Australia. It is stone ground flour. It's legit. It's not machine ground. It's not made with violent teeth. It's stone ground. The way we're meant to digest it. It's beautiful. So it's like Jesus flour. Okay? I've got this donkey with a millstone and he's just grinding it. They're just pouring the wheat in. So they ring up Lorkey and said, what's the difference between the pizza and the wallaby? And what's the difference between all the different flours? And the person said... Nothing. <laughs> we just we just branded differently. So I went beauty because I asked because I said, what happens if I want to make you know pasta out of this or put it in my bread maker? I'm thinking, is is it different? Is it more elastic? Because you know pizza. You know, you want to do all that action for those. <laughs> Sorry, on the podcast, there's just now like nothing. And then people go, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so, Proverbs 29, 25. I love the word of God. Oh, I love the word of God. Fear of man will prove to be a sneer. That word man there actually means mankind and the processes and the, and the practices of mankind will be a snare. It will trip you up. It'll catch you. It'll get you caught. Um, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Ah, what an encouragement that is. Jesus said, um, it's in Luke 21, he said, in the last days, people's hearts will fail because of fear. And that word there, you know, hearts will fail, it's actually that their core values and their their trust and their hope, and the word fail means they will exhale. (sighs) They will be exhausted. They will be like, about life. And at the moment, people are like just... They're, not, they're doing that, but rapidly. It's called hyperventilating. They're like, <laughs> looking for, <laughs> where am I going to get the toilet paper? We met somebody in the supermarket, and they said, I'm down to a couple of rolls. Like, um, it's only me, and Kylie said, oh, look, we can share a few if we need to. And I could see the bartering system coming back very quickly. The value of toilet rolls has gone up in the world. People are selling it online. I can't find any, but somebody told me that's true. Okay, it's very interesting that the World Health Organization, you know the coronavirus has been around for a while? Dogs, we, we looked at, it's actually one of the vaccinations that you give your dogs. So then people were really worrying about the dogs, you know, you know, dogs now. Don't let your dogs lick you or touch you or anything like that. So who, the World Health Organization, who, um, they said, no, 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 dogs are okay, it's, it's fine, so who let the dogs out? 
That's gold. Bask in the glory of that one. Oh, sorry. Yes. Tom Hanks has been diagnosed with the coronavirus as well, and his wife. So he's cast away on a desert island now, Australia. Um, Chuck Norris is actually... It's actually been found out that Chuck Norris has come in contact with the coronavirus, so the virus has now been quarantined for 14 days. <laughs> I got it this time, the last service. I slaughtered that joke. You know how the Coles and Woolworths and the supermarkets have got restrictions on everything? You know, just one pasta, one toilet roll hot, you know, thing holder, <laughs> packet and all that. Aldi have brought in restrictions as well. Only two plastic meerkats, one MIG welder, one diving suit. <laughs> Some of the stuff they come out with is amazing, isn't it? And I was like, we are, yeah, we'll buy a bunch of those things. We'll flog them off to somebody. Yeah, Australians. And I think it's mainly the Italians. They go in there, get their diving suits, their MIG welders. So the World Health Organization and Australian Department of um, Health, Australian government, they've said, wash your hands regularly, and if you're sick, isolate yourself. That's it. All this panic that's going on at the moment, all this fear-mongering, all this worry can be fixed with wash your hands regularly. Isn't that like a, a sensible thing? And like what Chelsea just brought out, I heard a commentator during the week saying, I've been told I need to wash my hands for 20 seconds. Evidently, my whole life, I have not washed my hands correctly. So, like, it is. Like, and in the Bible, this is the thing. This, this advice goes back over 3,400 3, years, back to the book of Leviticus, when the children of Israel came out of, of Egypt, and God was saying, this is how you live in community in a healthy way. Wash your hands. If you're dirty, wash your hands. And if you get sick, isolate yourself. And it's not new. It's not new. Like, this is, knowing that this comes from the Bible is like, great. But isn't it funny that people are panicking over something? And I'm not making light of this, because during the week, Paul was over in Griffith. And he woke up one morning early, and, and he, he said, the Holy Spirit just said to him, don't fear, but be wise. Don't fear, but be wise. And he was like, and? And that was it. Went back to bed. When he woke up later that morning, because um, he's a you know late riser, I was going to say, but no shots, no shots. So he woke up later that morning, and there was all this news on there that you know the basketball had shut down, that the Grand Prix had finished, that churches were now putting restrictions on things, and it was like wow, you know, because gatherings in America, there's some churches that are large churches that are now shut down and live streaming live-streaming their worship, live-streaming their, their services and everything like that. And tomorrow it starts, no, no gatherings over 500. So we're not sure what's going to happen with the Planet Shakers. We're not sure what's going to happen with Hillsong Conference later in the year. Kylie and I booked two um, trips this year. We were talking about rest, foundation of rest. And I, I said, let's, let's do some holidays. Let's practice this. Let's actually take some time off because it, it's been like eight, nine years since we actually have taken more than a week off. We went to Africa last year, but it was, you know, we were doing ministry and stuff while we were over there as well. So we've, we've booked two flights um, out of the country and we're now going, don't know if that's going to actually happen. Don't know what the process is going to be. But as a church, 
we'll let you know what we need to do. There'll be an announcement on our webpage of what we're doing here at church so people know that we're sanitizing things. Adrian has got a great recipe using deconstructed alcohol, eucalyptus oil, which is Australian. Kills everything. It's called the scorched earth formula. Don't drink it though, whatever you do. So fear, fear. I looked up how many fears there are in the world. Does anybody know how many fears there are? There are so many fears. We have come up with fears for everything. The word fear that we get comes from phobia, the Greek word phobos. Um, let me give you some, some um, you know, there are normal fears. Aerophobia, the fear of flying. Don't try and do it without a plane or a balloon or whatever. Um, astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. That's an interesting one. Claustrophobia, the, the fear of Santa. No, no. Um, fear of confined spaces or crowded places. Claustrophobia. Aphidiophobia, fear of snakes. Who has that? Who has aphidiophobia? Yeah, there's a few of it. You're on the wrong continent. We have like in the top 10, I think we've got eight of the most venomous snakes in the whole world. <laughs> Go Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Snake, snake, snake. Here's some other ones that you... Electorophobia, the fear of chickens. Um... Onomatobophobia, the fear of names. Well, that one there, you know. Triscodecophobia, the fear of number 13. Pogonophobia, the fear of beards. <laughs> people are afraid of beards. It's like, no. There's people with fears of holes. They see a hole. <laughs> now, the thing is, fears are both rational they are. They come from a rat. You might go, hey, there's a hole. Oh, what happens if I stick my tongue through that? <laughs> Sorry. And it's a guillotine or a, I don't know, it's a cigar clipper. Or, you know, you, got, you can learn and then you go, oh, I've got a fear of that. But rational fears can produce irrational behavior in our lives because the thing is that fear has a spirit to it. Fear has a will to it. And um, I want to talk about that today. Now, I want to talk about the aspect of fear because we know how fear can make us respond, but what does fear actually do to us? Okay, fear does a, a very specific things, and, th and this is getting really down to the, the bones of it. Fear separates us. Fear will separate us from something. If you're, you're afraid of something, it will separate you from it. But the problem is it separates you from the good and the bad. Like if you have a fear of flying, you don't get to travel much unless you go by steamer somewhere. You won't get to go overseas because you won't be able to afford, afford the cruise. And if you do, you'll be, I don't know, in 14 days quarantine somewhere. Um, I just see cruises as being like uh, you're just in a giant septic tank. Traveling around. Oh, come on. You know they're multi-leveled? What's up top flows down below. I've seen some photos online where people are just like, my toilet just vomited all over my room. I'm not going back in there. Sorry for those that are going on cruises. Um, not wanting to give you cruiserphobia at all. 
But fear separates us from something. Back in 1933, the, uh, the world was at the 1933, last century. Yeah, I did say 1933. Um, was at the trough of the Great Depression. And there was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, was the just newly elected president. And in his inaugural speech, he made a comment that brought alignment to the nation of America, to the, to the USA. And they were in this trough of depression. And like he was saying, guys, all it means is we're going without material stuff at the moment. It doesn't mean the end of life. It just means the end of some comfort. It means the end of something. And he goes, we have nothing to fear except... You know the statement, fear itself. Phobia is a real thing. The fear of fear. <laughs> That's scraping the bottom of the barrel, I think. But, but phobophobia, fear itself. Last week, I spoke about faith equals rest, going on this foundations of rest. This week, my message is fear equals rest. Oh, no one went, oh, I get inside maybe. How does fear equal rest? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Oh, Psalm 111. In the first service, I said 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. The word fear there in the fear of the Lord is the word yeroah. It's not phobia, it's uroar. So you think, oh, this is a totally different kind of fear. How do I find that fear and not the phobia fear? The funny thing is, it's pretty well defined as the same type of fear. Fear is fear. But natural fear has one response. Supernatural, godly fear, righteous fear has a different response. Natural fear actually separates us from stuff. But Godly fear draws us closer to him. So godly fear actually draws us close to God and natural fear will divide us and separate us from stuff. Are you getting this this morning? I hope you are. So on, um, it, it means the same thing. It, it has reverence in there, but it has terror or that God is awesome and he's actually awful. Not as in awful, but full of awe. That's what that word means. We've just gone one way with it. Oh, and that's awful. No, that's not how it is. It's full of awe. And it has tremor, shake, vibrate. And on, during the week, we had a storm, mainly at Merbein. Um, the rest of Mildura got a little bit of rain. We got an inch of rain in an hour, right over on our stretch of street, because we're blessed. And, um, and it was wonderful, except lightning, thunder was going off. Astrophobia, right there. Who's, who's afraid of thunder and lightning? Anybody? Yes? We'll pray for fear at the end of this service. But I, I have my dog in the house with us. Hunter's a, a large hunting dog. He's a German shorthead pointer. German, you know, he's got that in him. He came and laid down next to me. I was working on the computer. And at one point, this lightning strike just went bang! Over the house. It blew out our neighbor's television and his computer on his pool. He said, what, what did I do wrong this week? And I said, it's called a lightning strike. And, and, um, and Hunter went from sitting beside me, looking around going, 
Is everything okay now? You know, is this, is this normal? Because he's never heard it before. Like, he's never been in a real thunderstorm before. And he's like, look at me, like, is this, are we cool? Like, like questions, questions, you know? <laughs> should I run? Uh, should I hide? This lightning strike went off. He went from beside me to on top of my head. He started tap dancing on my head and vibrating like a sander. Like, and I, Kylie comes running in and she's like, and he's not a small dog. Oh my goodness, we've got to clip his claws, Jim. <laughs> and this dog's jumping around on my head. Kylie comes in and goes, did you hear that? I go, Phil Hunter. And she comes over and goes, why? He's shaking. I'm going, it isn't going to jump, you know. So fear and shaking are in here, but natural fear will separate us. Godly fear will draw us closer. Here's some more scriptures that we can go with. Um, And let me make this statement here. Fear, okay, fear is to do with lordship. I'm going to repeat that. Fear has to do with lordship. What you allow, what you look up to, what you revere, what you talk about, What you give preeminence and what you elevate in your life will have authority over you, will have control over you. You know, if if you keep like saying that, you know, something's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, when something does happen, you go, ah, you know, and you're giving that thing lordship over your life. But if we give God lordship over our life, if we give the teachings of Jesus and Jesus, you know, his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, authority over our life and lordship over our life, there's something totally different that takes place. It's what we allow to go over us and also what we put under us, what we say, that's beneath me. That's beneath me. So Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Say knowledge. Oh yeah, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Don't be a fool. Desire wisdom. Desire instruction in your life. I remember when I was young, you know, I, especially when I started speaking, somebody say, ah, oh, what you said then was wrong. And, now, and I'd go, hey, oh, and I'd defend myself and everything like that. And these feelings that arise. And, oh, no, oh, and I'd go away and I'd think about it. I'd go, yeah. Actually, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it like that. I should have done it a better way. And I'd come back, and sometimes these people were, they had something against me, and they were just like, oh, I wanted every opportunity to tell me off and set me straight. You're not as big as you think you are. You're too big for your britches, Stephen. Okay, you were right. I was too big for my britches. What I said was wrong. And I didn't, and it was a very humbling thing, but it was good for me as well to say, oh, because there were people that necessarily didn't like me, but they taught me what real love was. That I went to them and I said, thank you. I appreciate your instruction in my life. I appreciate what you said. And then they walk away going, yeah, I was right. I go, now you have to deal with that pride. Um, But don't seek instruction. The word knowledge there actually means to get guidance, to get good sight in your life, to get good instruction, to get good guidance. Don't we want good guidance in our life? Don't we want to know what, what do we do next? How do we face things? How do we get guided? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of this area in our life. Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. So it brings instruction and guidance and direction. It gives us a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. It helps us avoid snares, fearing God, getting close to God, understanding His Word, growing in wisdom, because wisdom just doesn't happen. you actually got to ask for it. you got to look for it, search for it. 
And when you see it, you go, oh, that was a wise decision. Have you ever been around somebody and they've gone, what you need to do is this? And you go, wow, why didn't I think of it? That's wisdom right there. That's wisdom. Search it out. Identify it. Gain wisdom. Scripture implores us to search for it like, like something elusive. Search for it for something like it's precious in our life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Next one, Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content. Here we go. Faith, uh, fear equals rest. Untouched by trouble. Untouched by trouble. Now, you might be saying, okay, fear the Lord. I, I, I get what you're saying, but how can, because God is love. How can a God of love be asking us to fear him? How can fear and love coexist? It can't. Because scripture even says in 1 John 4, 18, it says there is no fear in love. But perfect love actually drives out or casts out fear. So how can there be fear in God? I'm glad you asked. Those that are married will understand that fear and love can coexist very easily. In harmony, in fact. I love my beautiful wife, Kai, with my earthly heart and soul. But I fear that woman. I'm afraid of her. I'm afraid of upsetting her. I'm afraid of, you know, not that she's, I'm walking on eggshells or anything like that. Don't get the wrong idea here. But I'm afraid of being separated from her, either emotionally or physically. I love being around her. I love when we are just so much in harmony that we work, but I don't want to do anything, so I'm in fear of doing the wrong thing and, and saying the wrong thing because I don't want to be separated from her. So the question then arrives, what does fear say and what does love say? I'm so glad. On Monday night, Bible College students, wasn't that a great message that um, Dr. Coombs brought to us? He spoke on the fear. And I'm like, wow, this all transpired during the week after this. And I'm like, wow, what a great topic. So what does fear say and what does love say? I could be always focused on, oh, I better not upset Kylie. Oh, I better not do this and oh, I better not do that because she'll get upset with me. And I'm making it sound like she's really moody now, aren't I? She's not at all. But what does love say? I want to please my wife. I want to do good to my wife. I, I want to, what, what, how does love respond in this? Not as what does fear demand of me, but what does love how does love respond? This is how the fear and love of God work together. Are you getting this picture? Oh, good. I'm glad you are. Some of you are like looking at me. You getting this? Soak it up. Come on. Allow it to get into you. The fear of God is a reverential respect, but it's still fear. Okay? It's not an impasse that we hit. It's not a contradiction in the Word of God where you go, Aha! God's words, no, no, no. It's actually for us to seek out the refinement of it. The word of God always refines itself and it always brings out another aspect that we align to our life and bring into it. So what does fear say and what does love say? Which brings me back to Revelation 19.10 that I spoke of last week. You're going to be hearing a lot of this, church, because this is something powerful that I think we need to grab hold of. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the word testimony here is a really interesting one. It's martyria is the word in the, in the Greek. Oh, sorry, in the Hebrew. 
No, it's in Greek. Had to look which scripture it was there. Martyria. It comes from the word martyr. That's the base word for martyria. What it means, testimony, is verbal evidence of a witness by which something is declared or affirmed to be true, to be truth. And it's interesting that fear has a lot to do with truth. Fear of God brings you close to the truth. Irrational fear in the natural just lets the lie, that's bad, oh, that's scary, oh, this is going to happen to me, this is going to go bad. No, no. Draw near to truth, reject deception and lies. So it, the essence of the word means to make the truth live again. When we speak the testimony of Jesus, and it was beautiful how Elliot brought out the, you know, that we, we think about his body was broken and his blood was spilled. But by his wounds, I am healed. And this is the cup of the new covenant. We could look at it with those eyes. He was broken and he was humiliated and his blood was shed so liberally. But by the stripes that he bore, I, I can be healed. And by the the blood of the new covenant, God has promised and made a covenant, a new relationship with mankind, that heaven is open. Everything in heaven is now available to us. There's no division, no separation anymore. The testimony of Jesus, speaking about things that have happened in your life. I started talking recently about an event. I can't even remember it now, but something sparked it. And I remember when I was in danger and I didn't realize it. And God actually kept me safe and saved my life. And I started saying to Kyla, oh, you're not going to believe it. I just remembered something that happened when I was young, that this transpired and God saved me. And I, I, was, I was just so amazed. It brought to life again what God had done for me. Now, why, why is this the spirit of prophecy? Because when you get told by somebody else, God did this for me, you, God isn't a respecter of people. Nobody's better than the other. Like, oh, well, you must be special then because God did that for you. If God did that for somebody, then he can do it for you. That is the spirit of prophecy. You are making alive again something that is powerful and it makes heaven open to us. This is the fear of the Lord. Now, Jesus made this statement. Um, He said, I've told you all these things. So that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless generation, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulty. But take heart. I have conquered the world. The the word world there means cosmos. The pattern by everything, by, by which everything, you know, it flows and ebbs and has its being and all that. God, it says Jesus is saying, I've overcome this pattern. I've overcome it. So take heart. You don't have to follow the pattern of this world anymore. The Passion Translation says this, and everything I've taught you is so that peace, which is in me, that peace will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous. Say courageous. You've got to be courageous. Why? Because you've got it in you? No, no, no. For I, Jesus, have conquered the world, overcome the world. Revelation 12, 11 says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. See, at the moment, the world's going... We're getting sick and it's only going to spread. 
It's going to go to 25% plus of Australians are going to catch the coronavirus. It, it, it's, what are we going to do? How's the government going to control it? How are the hospitals going to handle it? If a supermarket gets somebody sick in it, that supermarket's going to have to shut down. What are we going to do? Well, how are we going to get our food? How are we going to exist? Ha ha. Let me just say something here. There's a, there's a statement that is true for all seasons, all times, all generations, all centuries. It's this. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Whatever's going on in your life at the moment, whatever worries you have, whatever concerns you have, this too shall pass. A hundred years ago, in um, around 1918, the Spanish flu broke out after the First World War. As all the soldiers were, were, were returning and people were returning to their homes and that, the Spanish flu broke out. And anywhere in between 50 million and, uh, and 300 million people died. We don't know because they didn't have social media back then to tell everybody what was happening around the world. They didn't have all the fear-mongering and the spreading of anxieties and concerns and worries and opinions and, and all these type of things. Take heart. He has conquered the world. Take heart. Be courageous. Word of your testimony. What are you proclaiming? I want to encourage you. Be a vessel. Be a carrier, not of a virus, but of peace. Be a carrier of the message of love. Be a carrier of the message of hope. Be a carrier of the message of faith. How do you do that? I don't know, because it's different for each one of us. People, when they ask me, what do you do for a job? And I say, actually, I, I lead a church. I pastor a church. And they're like, really? Most people are like, you know, what? And then they say, how did you get into that? And I go, well, the teachings of Jesus have always been really important to me. And they're like, teachings of Jesus? What's that? I go, oh, it's a great book that you can get. Like, it's really, and they think it's some mystical book that Jesus must have penned while he was walking around with the disciples. I go, no, you can find it in any hotel, any, any hospital in a drawer beside the bed. You can find it in nearly any, it's the, actually the most published book ever. It's all in the Bible. Ah, oh, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion. No, no, no. It's relationship. I'm so glad when I'm singing a song, I'm not singing a song out of a ritual process. I'm singing a song to a God that's alive. And what I'm, saying, what I'm singing is actually a proclamation of who he is, who I am, and who he's calling me to be. Wow. Let's be carriers of the testimony, making live again peace. Make living, live again hope. Make live again. Let's testify that Jesus has overcome the world. You don't have to do it in a weird way. When somebody says, oh, I'm really worried about the crowd. Don't take heart. He's overcome the world. No, no, don't, don't be a weirdo about it. I tried that once. Didn't work. <laughs> I did my best Charlton Heston impersonation when I did it too. <laughs> I won't do it now. Thank you, Sky Lee. <laughs> Let's be carriers of the testimony of Jesus. That is the spirit of prophecy. The world is prophesying doom at the moment. Do you know what? We're called to be not like this world. We're called to be set apart from the pattern of this world. Though the toilet roll not be found, though there be no flour on the shelves, Though the sanitizer cannot be found, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Wash your hands. If you're sick, isolate yourself. But if you're really sick, 
call the eldership of the church. We shall come and anoint you with oil, lay hands on you, and the sick shall recover. That is our hope. That is the promise from God. Can you stand with me? Let's finish up. That's beautiful, Shana. Thank you so much. If you need prayer this morning, we'd love to pray for you. So um, the band are going to come up. We're going to sing a song, but I'm just going to pray for you right now. Is that okay? Because some of you are going to head out, grab a coffee, grab your kids. Stay around for the new friends lunch if that's what you're doing. Awesome. Hey, I forgot to say too, next Saturday is Bros Fast. We all forgot about it. Jamie, we're going to kick this thing into gear. Come on. It's all on you now. You said you wanted to do it. I just named and shamed. No, I didn't. Named and claimed him. Yeah. He said, oh, can I help out in doing this? I said, you're doing it. You're in charge. <laughs> Bros Fast, next Saturday out here. What are we having, Jamie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bacon and eggs? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> We're having pasta. <laughs> Who can bring it? <laughs> Has anyone got any? <laughs> what time do we do it? It's 8 o'clock, isn't it? 8 or 9? 8. Yeah, that sounds good. See, we're not like women. They need to know everything. You know, it's just like, ah. Actually, that's a healthy fear to have, isn't it? Oh, Stephen. No, 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 guys, I don't think about what I say because I want to be as surprised as you what comes out my mouth. Oh, Father God, thank you for life. Thank you for laughter. Honestly, I think God would have the best jokes. If you're God, wouldn't you want to be like the funniest God that there is? I, really, I seriously don't think he's a serious, dead, you know, blah. Jesus came to show us who the heart of the Father was. And kids wanted to sit on his knee. Kids wanted to be around him. He wasn't a grumpy Jesus. He was a really nice Jesus. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for faith, hope and love. And Father, I thank you right now for the, for the testimony of Jesus that's in each one of us. The testimony of Jesus, the making live again what Jesus has done for us, what you have done through Jesus, what your Spirit is revealing to us. I thank you for the testimony of Jesus coming alive in this season where everyone else is proclaiming death and lack and loss, that we proclaim life and abundance and provision from heaven. Father, I thank you right now for the spirit of prophecy being on each life. Father, I thank you that, that each home here, each individual, each marriage, each family, that they would lack nothing, that they would have hope arise again, that they would have courage in their home to believe again that God is real, that you are above everything and you are our provider, our peace, our healer, our hope, our joy. Have your way, Father God. Thank you for your kingdom coming. Thank you for your will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.